Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. Well, this morning we're beginning our new series, Whole Heart, uh, and this is our annual vision series. Next week is Whole Heart Sunday, and it's a Sunday where we take up a beautiful, extravagant, special offering to the Lord to enable us to fulfill uh, what He has put in our hearts, the vision that He's given us, and as uh, Pastor Wayne's alluded to, especially uh, we'll be going towards Suva to build that location just into an awesome, awesome place so that people over there in Fiji can be touched and find Jesus. So this morning I'm going to be speaking from Hebrews 12. Uh, you can start turning there in your Bibles. Get ready. Uh, and it won't surprise you, I'm sure, to find that Hebrews 12 uh, comes right after Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11, clever, eh? I know, you guys are good, good at counting. Uh, Hebrews 11 is known widely as the chapter of faith, the chapter of faith. And right at the start of Hebrews 11, it gives us a definition of faith. Hebrews 1.11 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not Seen. And then to illustrate this definition, the chapter details what this faith looked like in the lives of these people. And in verse 2, it refers to them as the people of old or the ancients. Uh, and personally, I thought that's not really a label uh, that I want to be known as the people of old or the ancients. Uh, my, my time is coming, I'm sure. But I would like to be remembered for having this amazing, great faith. Pretty amazing to be recorded in the Bible. Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith. Imagine having your name there. What incredible faith these people of old had. The hall of faith. And the book of Hebrews was written to uh, a church who were getting tired they needed some encouragement. They were starting to settle into the world a little bit too much. They were losing their passion, their zeal, their fervor, their focus. Their sense of mission was wavering. And I thought, man, that sounds a little bit familiar, doesn't it, with where we are, where the world is. They were starting to drift their knees were beginning to wobble. So the writer of this letter, he uses this awesome imagery to describe the spiritual condition of the church in Hebrews. In Hebrews 12, verse 12, he says, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Isn't that awesome? Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Then, you know, as a world, as a nation, as a city, as a church, 
as a family, as an individual. We've been through a pretty rough, tough, exhausting few years. And I think I can safely say we're still all a little bit tired. Steve and I included, we get it. You know, there's been so many disruptions, uh, you know, that have probably caused a lot of you to feel a bit disheartened, disorientated, unfocused, and perhaps to have drooping hands and weak knees. I think we find ourselves a little bit like the recipients of this letter. So thinking about the state of our hearts and our souls and our spirits, what would the Lord say to us now through his word? How does he want to encourage you this morning, in this season, right now, where we're at? Because he wants us to have this faith talked about in Hebrews 11. He wants us to have this great faith. You know, and God is a present help in our time of need. It's a promise. It's truth. He is here, a present help today. So this passage uh, from Hebrews 12 is a passage uh, that Steve and I really believe is one for right now, for this season, to bring some hope, to bring some encouragement, some rejuvenation, so that you will flourish and continue to grow in God. That is what we want for you as a church. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Here is our main passage this morning, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Amen. It's such a great passage, and there are so many uh, awesome and encouraging things that we could pull out from that passage and look at this morning. Uh, But there's two things in particular uh, that sit with us as having a prophetic edge for us as a church. The first is this. Let us also lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. When you read it from your Bibles in verse 1, it says, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run. Now just think about it. Let's study that sentence for a moment. The first and, it says, lay aside every weight and sin. Every weight and sin. So all sin is weight, that's for sure. All sin is a weight that hinders us, 
uh, and needs to be cast off so that we can run our race. There is never uh, a great time to be carrying our sin around. But what that first and means is that there's also some weight that we're carrying that's not necessarily sin. It says weight and sin. Not all weights that hinder our running are necessarily sins that we have committed. But all weights that hinder our running need to be put aside. That's what the Word of God is asking us to do. Any weight that is hindering our running this race of faith needs to be put aside. Let's think about that. With the last couple of years uh, being so demanding, so complex and difficult to navigate on all fronts, work, family, school, education, finance, there is no doubt in my mind that weights have been added to you, onto your shoulders, heaped on, piled on. And if it's been added to you, then it's been added to the race that you're trying to run. There's weight of anxiety, weight of worry, the weight of pressure, stress, the weight of loneliness, the weight of disruption, the weight of disappointment, the weight of offense. There is so much. It's a complex time. There is more than enough weight to go around, that's for sure. And these weights, I think they have a way of landing on our shoulders and we end up kind of carrying them around and sometimes we haven't even really stopped to acknowledge that they're there. We're just so used to living with these weights pressing down on us. Maybe sometimes we feel it, but we're not really sure what to do about it. There seems like there's no way out. This is just how we have to live under this constant pressure with this weight. We get so used to it. We think it's normal. We just think, man, everyone's walking around the same as us under this weight. And maybe... It's quite a cheerful ringtone. <laughs> it's all good, Coralie. Um, it's very cheerful. Maybe. Uh, we get so used to it, and I think we just think, man, this is life now. We see everyone else is walking around with the same weight, drooping hands, weak knees. Maybe this is just the world now. And sadly, I think, a huge proportion of the world is walking around like that, under this immense weight and burden. But I'm here to tell you this morning, this is not the life God has for you. That is not the way that he has designed us to live. It's not what he wants for us. It's not our best. He does not desire us to walk around under the weight of pressure, anxiety, burdens that you are actually not designed to carry. The scripture tells us that. 
when we allow ourselves to continue living under the weight of burdens that we're not intended by God to carry, they start to crush us. That's what happens. They start to crowd out our priorities. They crowd out our good intentions. We never quite get to what we want to be doing. The weight can consume us. Our thoughts, our time, our energy, our life. So how do we deal with these weights that to a large degree are often not sins that we've committed, but really just like waves that have crashed over you and stayed there? We can repent of sin. We know how to deal with sin. Hopefully we're very good at that. We can get rid of the weight of sin through repentance. Hopefully we're all well practiced at that. I know that I am. But how do we deal with these other weights? The pressure, the anxiety, the stress, those things we carry around every day. Well, the simple answer from this text is that at some point we have to lay them aside. Other translations say, throw them off, put them out of our lives, get rid of them so that we can run. To be running towards Jesus, to run the race of faith he has prepared for us with endurance, without entanglement or hindrance, and with perseverance, to lay them aside. Put them off. It's a simple answer. However, it is not simple to obey. I know. But it's far better that we try, that we act in obedience to the best of our ability, even if it's imperfectly. We have to try. Better that than to continue walking around under this weight on our shoulders that was never designed to be there. So this message, this appeal to God, sorry, from God to us, is that we are to seek to lay aside the weights that can so easily entangle and hinder our running the race of faith. It's loud and clear throughout the Bible, lay aside the weight It does, it entangles your brain, your thoughts. We get consumed by thinking about those things rather than meditating on the word of God. Our brain goes to those weights. And we see this message to lay aside the weights in some really well-worn passages, a few favorites of mine. And what I wonder sometimes is um, perhaps we get so familiar with the scriptures that we kind of just skip over them. We forget to give them our full attention. What are they asking us to do? The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 4, 4 to 7, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There is so much great advice in that passage. Read it again tonight. Say, God, show me how to do this. The Apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter 5.7, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Cast them on him. If that's not enough to convince you, the Lord Jesus himself says in Matthew 6.34, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There are well-known passages by most people who have been around church or Christianity for a while, but there is a chance that we kind of just nod our heads and go, mm, yes, it's a great scripture, love it, love it. All the while, we're still balancing these weights on our shoulders, and we're about ready to get up and walk out with the weight still sitting there, still hanging over us. We may have gotten pretty good at trusting Jesus with our sin. We're really good at laying them at his feet. But I think we all, myself included, we all have some work to do on trusting Jesus with our weights. Sometimes we love keeping those to ourselves, keeping in control. But the word says, cast all your anxieties on him. He is the one who can carry them, not you. You were not designed to carry the weight of anxiety. A few years ago, I heard Steve comment on this verse uh, and he kind of compared it to our kids coming home from school with their big heavy school bags on, and literally the second they're in the door of our house, they are throwing those bags off. Let me tell you, they cannot wait to get that weight off their shoulders. They don't take one second longer than is necessary to get it off their backs they don't care where it lands. They don't care where it goes. It's just off as soon as they're in the door. They know that those school bags are not designed to be carried all day. They know it doesn't feel good on them. They know they don't look good carrying them. They know that if they were keeping it on all the time, would not be good for their health, right? Not good for their backs. And here's one more thing. These kids, they just inherently trust the floor is strong enough to carry the weight of their backpack. They're not worried for a second it's going to crash through the floor. No, they completely trust the floor with the weight of their school bags. And shouldn't we have the same faith, that childlike faith, knowing without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus our Jesus is big enough and strong enough. He can be trusted wholeheartedly to carry your weights. The burdens that you are carrying around, stop carrying them. 
Throw them off. Don't wait a second longer than you need to. This morning, we want you to cast your cares onto him, onto him because he cares for you. You are not designed to carry these weights. Jesus is. He carries them for you. They don't look good on you. They're not good for your health. Don't do it. Not a second longer than you need to. Cast them off onto him. That's the invitation from Jesus this morning. Cast your cares on me. Lay them aside. Jesus is just a prayer away. We just open our heart to him. He can teach us how to lay aside every weight. And here's the second thing from that verse in verse 2. Looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus. There may have never been an easier time to take our eyes off Jesus. There is so much noise. There's things grabbing for your attention all over the place. There's so much noise. God's voice can easily be drowned out. That's why we need to make sure we're making time for Jesus every day. And, you know, we've had people uh, who thought maybe we should have been more um, outspoken or louder, engaging politically during this season. And we have actually been engaging somewhat vigorously with civil authorities since this all started. But our job, the reason that we were called to C3 Grow is not to be political commentators or to draw your attention towards political issues. That's not our role. Our opinions, our engagement with civil authorities, that's not the focus. Our job is to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. He wants to help perfect your faith. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3grow.org.